0: You have your Bibles turned to the gospel according to John chapter 7. My subject this morning is simply deciding where you stand. John chapter 7, I will begin reading in verse number 25. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask Isn't this the man they were they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not from here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, he will perform more signs than this man. The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. I've said this for many years here and in other locations because it's been true for many years. Anyone with honest vision can see it. We live in a divided world. We are racially divided, we are culturally divided, we are politically divided, we are philosophically divided. And the only common thread in all of that is divided. We live in one of the most divisive times in recorded history. So it's no surprise that when it comes to the issue of faith, and spiritual belief, there the people of this planet are also very divided. Some will say that all faiths are the same, that all roads lead to God no matter what. Some will say that all faiths are pointless, that they're a complete waste of time. Some will say that having a spiritual faith or practice is necessary and that it's not a waste of time, but they go back to the first group and say, but it doesn't matter what you choose. What has become the most concerning to me is that even within the church, some support things that clearly the Bible doesn't teach and that teaches are specifically wrong. Some in the church, and I'm not even talking about at this point practices and, and, and lifestyle choices. There are some in the church, I read all kinds of surveys. There are some in the church that don't even embrace that Jesus is the son of God. There are some in the church that don't embrace that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant word of God. Let me be clear. You attend this church, you're going to attend a church that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus is the Holy One. And that the Bible that we use, that we preach from, is the infallible, inerrant word of Almighty God. I hope I made that clear. But this division, this uncertainty, has created this uneasiness that many feel because division often motivates conflict. There are those who get angry at anyone who doesn't embrace their views. There are those who become violent, not just angry, but violent against anyone who's got different views. There are those who go to the extreme for fear of being non-committal, so they embrace things that they wouldn't normally, when they had a brain that was working, Embrace. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. The phrase that is often said but seldom embraced is agree to disagree. Truth is, there are those moments and those viewpoints and those positions in life where it is not a, a a simple thing to just kind of let people believe their own thing. There are things that we as Christians especially need to take a stand on, need to stand firm on. Problem is most of the things that our culture would say we need to take a stand on don't qualify, don't come under the heading of those things the Bible talks about. And sadly that mindset's bled into the church. Where we declare that someone can't be a Christian, unless you believe this or that, and you can fill in the blank. Where we believe and declare that someone can't be following the God or Jesus if, and fill in the blank. In this passage that we just read, and in the verses we looked at last week, there was a scene, and because of Jesus' teaching in the temple courts that divided the people. Some said he was a good man. Some said he was a great teacher. Some actually went to the extent of rightly saying he was the Messiah. And then there were others. Others who declared he was the devil's servant. Others who declared he was a worker of evil. Others who declared he was just crazy. Many said he causes division. And many say that today. Many want to live in a world where people can believe and practice any lifestyle they want, decide for themselves what is right and what is wrong, as long as the majority agrees with what is right and is wrong, and that's okay. That is not okay according to the word of God. This chapter opened with a disagreement between Jesus and his brothers, his biological brothers. And then he goes into a city to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And he teaches in the temple, and everyone who hears him teach is impressed. They're amazed at his teaching. Where did he get all of this knowledge? Where did he get the ability not just to have the knowledge, but to be able to speak it and convey it in a way that was so clear and so moving? He didn't study with any of the great schools, any of the great teachers. Who were his mentors? They were basically asking, who is this man? Well, I want to look at that question today as we decide where to stand. But before we look at who he is, those of you who know me, I think you know where I'm going. Let's look at who he wasn't. He wasn't someone who had come to restore Israel to her former glory. He wasn't a political figure. He wasn't looking to raise an army so that he could bring down the Roman Empire. He wasn't someone who was given who was trying to motivate people and arrange a group of people to bring an army and engage for battle. That wasn't what he was there for. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse number one. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law murmured, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That's who this man is. A man who was willing to come outside the cultural norms and not care what anyone thinks about him and reach people right where they are. He was a friend to those who lived contrary at the time to the word of God, sinners. He was a friend to those who took advantage of people and cheated them, tax collectors. And if you work for the IRS, I'm not talking about you right now. (laughs) Tax collectors back in... First century Palestine were very different. He ministered to the woman at the well. We read that back in John chapter four a few weeks ago. He allowed a woman with a reputation that was very sullied to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them dry with her hair. That story is in Luke chapter seven. This is who he was, and this is who he is. And this is who his people today need to be. And we need to decide that for ourselves. This is someone to fall in line behind. This man, Jesus, is a true decision point for everyone. And we live in a culture today where decisions are just kind of flaunted. And we need to make them. Well, I agree with many of Jesus' teachings. I find them helpful. They're good things to live your life by. True statement. It's not enough. Well, I admire how he cared for other people, and I want to follow in that kind of model and care for people too. Great. Please, care for people. It's not enough. I can appreciate that he stood with the oppressed. And wasn't just going to let the marginalized go off by themselves. He stood with them and for them. Great. That's something we in the body of Christ need to do. It's not enough. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? That's where the decision point has to start. And that's where we have to be. I often say this about many things that are said in the, in the Bible. I didn't write it. And if you have a problem with what is written, go talk to the author. Which is a good thing to do anyway. And I've tried in our journey now, we've been in John's gospel for a long time. To try not to get ahead of myself. But it's just that what John talks about in chapter 14 just fits so well today. John chapter 14, verse number six, Jesus answered. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I have quoted that verse to so many of my non-believing friends, and every time I do, I'm called narrow-minded. I'm called all kinds of things that just aren't true, but I'm called a lot of things, and I come back to it. I didn't write it, but I believe and have given my life to the one who did, and I will stand with it. Jesus is the only way. A decision for Jesus means you embrace what he says. Jesus is not a buffet table. Now, I've gone to a number of weddings recently, so I and the cocktail hour really is a buffet. And so you can pick and choose what you want. I pick and choose a lot of meat and cheese. The vegetables I leave for those other people. But when it comes... To Jesus and his teaching and his ways and his perspective on life. When it comes to Jesus and realizing that he is the giver of life. For John chapter one said, all that was created was created by and through and for him. So when that being, that person, that man stands up in John chapter 14 and says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one gets to God except they come through me, I stand with Jesus but it's not popular. I wasn't popular in high school, why am I gonna worry about that being popular now? The crowd around him represented many different philosophies. You heard it read when we went through the opening scripture that there were some who said well, no one's going to know where the Messiah come from. There was a popular teaching in the first century that when the Messiah comes, they won't be able to tell where he was born or what part of Israel he came from. Don't know where it came from. It was, but it's documented as a popular teaching. People had their own opinions, their own observations. Some were basing what they believed on how they saw their leaders act. The opening verses said, Well, we thought they wanted to kill him, but they're not. So maybe the leaders believe he's the Messiah. How many have realized over the last many years that if you're basing your opinions and beliefs in life on how our leaders act, you're in trouble? Please, don't do that. The crowd wondered if, in verse 26 if the leaders were concluding he was the Messiah because of their inaction on this point. What do we listen to? It always bothers me when I hear people who were standing next to me and we're having an open conversation. And then all of a sudden, a part of them kind of veers off and they start whispering. First of all, it's rude. And second, there's obviously something going on deeper. And when the leaders, it doesn't say that when they heard what they said, when they heard them whispering. All of a sudden, their sense of control, their sense of being able to have authority over what everyone was going to be thinking within that part of the region was being challenged. Well, we've got to take action, whether, whether we're prepared to stand on the charges or not. The crowd was divided. The leaders were divided. And we need, and we know from the scriptures, even at times, his own disciples struggled with who he was. Matthew chapter 16. Begin reading in verse number 13. was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you, Peter, and on that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the disciple. I've made this clear. I've used the example of my own family. My wife and I have done our best to raise our, our sons with a Christian view of the world and to embrace Jesus as their Lord and Savior. because when they get to get uh, to stand before God one day, they're not going to be able to say to Jesus, "Well you know who my dad was, right?" He passed to the church. He factored a few churches. He's a pretty good guy. You can say amen to that if you'd like. I got a, I got a fish here, my goodness. <laughs> anyway. So because of who my dad was, I can get in, right? No. Now, we love our families. But I heard this phrase long ago, and it's so true. There are no family names in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's got to be your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can't bring a resume on that day and show all your references and contacts as to who you're with. That's not going to work. You need to decide not what the crowd says, not what whatever party you're a part of is, not whatever tribe or philosophy you embrace. Who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter who the crowd says that he is. It doesn't matter who our leaders say that he is. It doesn't matter what society says who he is. It doesn't matter what popular opinion says that he is. It doesn't even matter at the heart what the church says who he is. Who do you say that he is? Is he the son of God? And declaring that he is the Lord of glory and declaring that he is the savior of the world is a good start. But even that's not enough. It's not enough to say that he is the Lord. He has to be your Lord, my Lord, my Savior. And as Jesus said to Peter, only God can reveal that. I would love to be able to just knock on someone's forehead and make them up. First of all, I know human nature and even my own. My knocking on their forehead, if they didn't get it right away, I'd be knocking even harder. And eventually I'd be arrested. And while the world continues to struggle with this issue of who he is, this is something that we in the church can't for one moment be ambivalent toward. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. But embracing him as Lord and Savior also means embracing his teaching. Luke chapter 4 starting at verse number 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is quoting here from Isaiah chapter 61. We sang, we have decided to follow Jesus, which means not only was this why Jesus was here, this is why we are here. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim that he is the anointed one. To give good news to the poor and freedom to the oppressed. And to let the captives know they can go free. That's where we decide to stand. There's no in between. There's no middle ground. But pastor. Pastor Hiram, please. Aren't you being a little one-sided? Yes, I am being one-sided. But don't you realize there are so many people in the world and so many belief systems. How can you say there's only one way to God? I can answer that easily because Jesus said it. And if Jesus said it, that is good enough for me. If Again, if you've got a problem with what Jesus said, he is more than willing to keep hours with you. To bring you into a room, your home, and sit and talk with you about this. Jesus is not just an option for me. He's not even just a good option for me. He's not even just the best option for me. He is the only option for me. He is the way, the only way. We live in a a unique time. I'll leave it at that. We, We live in a time where you're criticized for having a belief system at all. Every year on... The birth, uh, on the anniversary of the assassination of Beatles singer John Lennon, every radio station in in America at least, probably in the UK as well, plays one of his most famous songs, Imagine. The thought that is behind the song can have merit. It talks about the division in the world. But when we think that the way in which to solve division is to have nothing to believe in, that the way in which you solve conflict is is to embrace this bland, no-pick-and-choose type of reality, is just nonsense. Especially the line in the song that says, if there was no religion, which he's talking about faith. Sorry, Mr. Lennon. I stand with Jesus Christ. I stand with my Lord and savior, I stand with him and I always will. Now his word commands me to be a friend to people who don't stand with him. His word commands me to involve in my life, people who are really difficult at times and a challenge at times. And please don't look at one another. We are called to be his representatives in this day. So when we sing, I have decided to follow Jesus, we need to understand what we're singing and what we're saying. I have decided to follow him. And then we're saying, if we really mean it, no turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me. Still, I will follow. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. You no, know, and I guess it's an occupational thing being a pastor, and it's seasonal. It doesn't happen all the time. But in the past number of months, I have been asked to speak at and officiate a number of funeral services. I have been fortunate in that the ones I've been asked to speak at have all been with strong believing Christians. I'll be the first to admit, regardless of the circumstances that brought everybody together for the funeral, whether it was because of a natural cause that someone passed away or it was at the end of a long painful illness. Speaking about Eternity, when a Christian has gone home to be with the Lord, is a very different proposition and a preferable one to speaking about someone whose eternal destiny we don't know. And some are going to say, well, you don't know what's going to happen. No one can know. And that's true. But this I do know. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. And the question that everyone, every person on this planet needs to address and understand, like this crowd that was gathered around him and couldn't make up their minds if they were going to follow what they saw and the impression made on their lives by his teaching, or they were going to follow the leaders because they were afraid of them. Who is Jesus? He is the Son of God, and he is the only way. For me, that's an easy decision. I follow Jesus, how about you today? Stand with me please.